Yeah, so the Alter Rebbe here basically so far has laid out his um, introductory questions that he has. His first question we analyzed, it was the question of how do you have a statement in Chazal that says that a person has to see themselves as a Russia, seemingly that could have, go one of two ways. Either it could lead to a person being depressed and having no motivation and doing anything right. He, meaning, even if he's going to try to do good, he's going to be in a negative state. He's not going to be in a positive state. And then even furthermore, the, the second consequence or second possibility is that the person will end up just being complacent. He'll just accept that this is who he is and he won't move further. So in order to deal with this question, the Al-Trebi began introducing sources in Chazal that deal with the question of, or deal with the concept of a tzaddik and a rasha and a bainani. And it, it, the Al-Tarebbe started showing that it can't mean that the word, the, the concept of a tzaddik, the concept of a rosh, and the concept of a benini does not mean like it implied simply as a person's actions. That it can't be referring to the person's actions. If he does mitzvahs, if he does averis, that's not what a tzaddik and a rosh really mean. Because he brought a number of proofs. Because number one, if that's the case, how could Eve propose? The first question is, how could Eve propose that God created Tzadikim and Rishayim, if it's based on the actions, you take away man's freedom of choice by saying that God already made you to do this action. And we already said, the Gemara Nida says Tzadik V'Roshu Leikamar. That means that a person has the freedom of choice. A person could choose. So if you're looking at it from the state of, from the person's ability, his actions, you can't define a Tzadik V'Roshu already from birth. The Tzadik Russia is not born a Tzadik Russia. That was the first. That was the first question. The Rebbe's the proof that the Rebbe brought. The second one was the fact that Rabba said that he was a Bainini. So the Rebbe says, how could Rabba say he's a Bainini if a Bainini is someone that never did? If a Bainini is someone, if we're going to take the way we understand it simply till now, that a Bainini is someone who does half and half. Yeah, it's impossible. Right? It doesn't make sense. Not only that, he himself knew that he never did an Aver in his life. And as Alter Rebbe goes on to say, that even if a person only does an Aver for a moment, at that moment is called a Russia. And you could be over an Aver even on the slightest thing. Even if you had an opportunity to, to um, tell someone that they're doing something wrong and you didn't, you're considered a Russia. So it's very easy to be called a Russia in the eyes of Chazal. If it's very easy to be called a Russia, it can't mean that a Russia that Rabba, that Rabba was referring to himself in the sense of a Bainini meant someone who's doing Averis. That's not what a Tzaddik, it's not what a Tzaddik or a Russia really means. So therefore the Al-Tarebbe introduces a novel approach to what a Tzaddik and a Russia mean. And based on understanding this novel approach, as we mentioned already yesterday, we're going to begin to understand the personality types of individuals. So let's first understand a little bit about how the Alter Rebbe introduces this concept. The Alter Rebbe basically says is that in Chazal, when they use the terminology tzaddik and rasha or bainini, they're not talking about a real tzaddik or a real rasha or a real bainini. The Alter Rebbe calls it a shem hamushal. It's a borrowed term. We know in English there's such a thing called an adjective. An adjective is, is, is describing something, right? So you say a person is kind, right? When you say a person is kind, you're, giving, you're saying this person has the quality of kindness, right? That's an adjective. It's a, it's a, it's a description of the person. He has a quality of, of kindness. 
right? That's why you say a person is kind. You say that so-and-so is kind, right? Then there are things which you take that idea and borrow it. It's not in its real sense, but you use it as a way of, of, of an example. The Shem HaMushal is called as a way as an example to explain certain things. So, for example, you have the idea of a tzaddik and a rosh and chazal, says the Alter Rebbe. That's called the Shem HaMushal. They're borrowing this adjective of a person being a tzaddik, or a person being a benini, a person being a rasha, in a very relative sense. In the sense of whether or not they're guilty or innocent of a crime. In other words, in Chazal, they're focusing on a person being a tzaddik, meaning, is he guilty of the crime, or is he innocent of the crime? Is he guilty of committing the sin, or is he innocent of committing the sin? That's tzaddik for Russia in the eyes of Chazal. But that's a Shem HaMushal, says al Rebbe. That's only a borrowed term. That's not the legitimate, that's not the actual term. It's not what al Rebbe calls the Shem HaEtzem. The actual term itself, the, the real, or the Shem HaToyar, I'm sorry. The actual term itself, the real definition of the person. In other words, like this. If I wanted to describe myself, I can't describe myself based on my actions. That's not who I am, Right? That may, that may have some relevance in, 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 in whether or not I, I should be accepted as a person in certain ways, right? Based on my actions, I definitely, it definitely in my interactions with other people and in my interactions with, with, on a religious level, definitely plays a role in who I am on some level. But it's not who I am. It's not my very essence. My actions don't define me, right? The actions of a person can't be the defined as a person, you could have a very, very uh, uh, unhealthy person and you're going to say his unhealthiness is who he is? That doesn't make sense, right? That means a person can't change? That doesn't make sense? No, it's not who he is. It's an element of the way he's, he's living his life, right? He has a personality that has more potential for unhealthiness. Yeah, no, there could be a disposition. He could have a disposition or a tendency to go a certain way, correct? But in the actions itself, you can't define a person based on his actions. The person's actions are not, are not who he is. And that's what Dr. Rebbe here is saying. So you're saying basically based off his interactions and his actions, he can build a definition, but it doesn't define who he is. Right. In other words, we could create a definition of how, of how to label him, so to speak. You know, people have a hard time with labels. Why do I have a hard time with labels? Because when you label a person being X, Y, or Z, right? So then there's a certain like, okay, this is who I am. Or other people think this is who you are. You're limiting him? You limit the person. Or, as he said, you conform to that identity. And that's not necessarily true. That's not who you are. It's more the, the way you give, your, give off. The way you, you're acting at a certain time, in a certain situation, under certain pressures, under certain circumstances, you behave a certain way. That doesn't necessarily identify who you really are. So the Rebbe says in Chazal, they're focusing on the way the person is behaving. The way the person is acting. But that doesn't necessarily mean that this is who he is, essentially. So that's what Alter Rebbe says. Oh, the meaning of the this is how we generally say the mechzal mechzal mikri benini, that a person who does half and half, meaning half mitzvahs, half averis, is called the benini. V'roiv z'chuyis mikri tzadik, and a person who has the majority of mitzvahs is called the tzadik, who shem hamushal. He says that is a borrowed term regarding regarding whether or not he should be rewarded or whether he should be punished. In other words, if I want to... If I'm talking about in a courtroom setting, I'm going to say this person is a tzaddik, meaning he's vindicated, he's righteous, or this person is a rasha. 
because a person is judged based on the majority of his actions, and therefore he's also considered righteous in court. So there could be two definitions, as the Rebbe says. Either it has to do with whether he should be punished, or it has to do with whether or not he was vindicated. That, that's the relevance of the terms in Chazal. Avol, and here's where the Rebbe introduces his definition. Regarding the true definition, the true description of the person, and the virtue. Regarding the true virtuous status of the person, Chazal teaches us that by a tzaddik, he has a yetzatoyf shayfton. Now let's explain this idea. The Alter Rebbe is going to go on to say about a tzaddik and a rasha, very, 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 very um, short and brief. The Alter Rebbe's main focus is to talk about the Benini, as we mentioned. The Alter Rebbe is talking about the Benini, why? Because at the end of the day, most of us have the, the potential to be a Benini. Most of us are not potentially tzaddikim. And most of us are not necessarily have to be Yerushayim. No one has to be a Russia. So if that's the case, we're not going to focus so much on a tzaddik and a rasha. And to know what a rasha is, it's pretty, it's pretty self-evident. But the Altareb is going to give you some clarification of this. a description versus a It's a certain disposition of the person on a certain level. That means when a person... It's a very muhusidic thing. We're going to get to that a little later. So what the Altareb here is saying, the Altareb says... Is that what does how does how does how does a tzaddik what's the what's what's the true definition of a tzaddik? The true definition of a tzaddik is that yetsir toiv shayfta, that his yetsir toiv is what judges. Now we have to realize something that we're going to differentiate between a soul and the yetsir. The soul and the yetsir are not the same thing. The soul is so to speak the the software of the person. What type of software does he have? How is he programmed? There's the Nefshel Akissa software and there's the Nefshel Bahamas software. They're two different softwares. Right? And then you have the way the desires of that software, so to speak. The desires, the dispositions of that particular program. Right? So let's say, for example, if you have a program on the computer, so you have the program, the, the code, and then you have the way that code needs to interact with the computer. Yeah? So the code, the way it has to interact with the computer, it acts a certain way. That is, so to speak, the Yetzer. The Yetzer is referring to the, the mode of operation, the way the mode of operation comes into the world of desire, into the world of, 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 of action, into the world of, of, of behavior. That's what we talk about a Yetzer. So when we talk about a Yetzer Harbor and a Yetzer Toiv, that's not necessarily focusing on the person himself. It's a certain, it's, 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 it's more of the emotional and more of the action-based element of the person of the Nefshalakis and the Nefshal Bahamas. But either way, the Gemara defines a tzaddik as being someone that has no Yetzahara. His Yetzahara, This is referring to David Amelf. David Amelf describes himself as my heart is hollow within me. The word hollow can mean hollow, could also mean dead. What does it mean dead? We, the, later on, the Altareb is going to explain that the Yetzahara resides in the heart. And Altareb is going to say, that the Yetzirah by a tzaddik doesn't exist. A tzaddik does not have a Yetzirah. What does it mean a tzaddik doesn't have a Yetzirah? It doesn't exist or he elevated it. He doesn't even have it. So there's two levels. We're going to see there's two levels. There's a level of where he doesn't have one, and there's a level where he could even transform his Yetzirah that it could actually be totally people like a, two Yetzirah types. 
But what's the idea of that? The, 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 yeah, what's the idea of a, of a Yetzirah, of, of a Tzaddik not having a Yetzirah? So we can't really imagine this. I, I think most of us can't really imagine this. This idea of looking at sin and being completely um, disgusted by it. Not, not even having a challenge. Not, more, not even having a desire. But to some extent, we'll see later, being disgusted by it. That means there's absolutely no desire, there's no tendency, there's no force pulling the person towards that back, to, 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 towards doing that bad. To us... You could be born with that. Yeah. That's a, that's a tzaddik. A tzaddik, says the Alter Rebbe, is a person that is born innately without having any desire. That's how he's created. That's how he's created. Without having any desire without having any, incl- any tendency or any, any, any pull towards doing something bad. So what's the point of Hashem making any tzaddikim? Oh, so the question is, where is the tzaddik's folk? What's the tzaddik's objective in the world? So the Alter Rebbe says that, that um, uh, he first continues, whoever didn't reach this status, even if though he has more mitzvahs than Averis, he's not considered a tzaddik. That's why the Gemara says, God saw that there's very few tzaddikim. It's a very rare personality type. One of the rarest personality types in the world. So he went and planted in each generation a tzaddik. The, the purpose of the tzaddik is that the tzaddik is, so to speak, gives the world, the, his generation, the right to, 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 to exist. In other words, if God will see that there's no tzaddikim in a certain generation, God will be like, what's, what's, what's keeping me going? It's like, for example, a teacher. This is a bad example, perhaps, but it's an example of a teacher that everybody else is out to lunch. Everybody else is not involved. So what's his point of teaching? Right? But if there's one guy that's sincere, there's at least one guy that's sincere, he's like, okay, you know what? I'll work at least with one guy, and hopefully the rest will eventually come around also. That's sort of the attitude. I'll work at least with one guy, and then hopefully the rest will come along also. So God puts into every generation a tzaddik. The purpose of the tzaddik is that the tzaddik, therefore, is, so to speak, the zchus, is the merit, is the worthiness, so to speak, of that generation. So then it comes a question, what is a tzaddik? The tzaddik doesn't have a Yetzirah, so he doesn't struggle. If he doesn't struggle, so then what is he doing in this world? If the whole purpose of this world is freedom of choice, how does a tzaddik have freedom of choice? There's a lot of other questions that come up from this, from this area. Of where does a tzaddik have... In which way does he struggle? In which way does he have freedom of choice, right? He's programmed to never have a, nat- a, a negative tendency. He never, he never gravitates to negativity. He doesn't have to fight against it. Maybe his whole struggle is that he doesn't have a struggle. So there's different answers. That's an interesting perspective you're saying. That his whole thing is that he doesn't have anything to fight, and that's his fight. That's a fight in itself. Okay. No, that's he's an, fighting uh, everybody else's fight. Okay, that, that's another answer that or he's yeah, fighting he's, everybody else's he's fight. He's like the Nasi Hadar. So right. There's different. There's different answers to the, there's, diff, there's different answers to this question. I'm just I'm just highlighting the fact that this is a question that's brought down, that is necessary to be dealt with, but it's not necessarily relevant in our. Conversation because that's not what the Altareb is trying to get at. The Altareb is not trying to tell us the he's concepts of a tzaddik. What target tzaddik? That we'll get to later. It's not relevant. What? 
Right, so that's a question. Why does the tzaddik have to say Hashamnu and all those things, right? So again, that... Right, so again, these are discussions that are brought up elsewhere. I'm only just, I'm only bringing them up because once Dalt Rebbe defines here a tzaddik as having zero inclination, desire, tendency to ra, to bad, then all of these questions automatically come up. So those are discussed elsewhere. We're not going to discuss that because that's not the book that we're dealing with. We're talking about a book of Bainanim. We have these tendencies. We have these desires. We have these, these forces within us. Okay? And therefore, that's not what the Altareva is going to discuss. Okay, so now, till now, the Altareva was talking purely academically. The Altareva wanted to define what a tzaddik is. He wanted to explain what is a real tzaddik versus a Russia versus a Benini. And he says it's not just a borrowed term, but there is an actual state of a person being a tzaddik. What does that mean, an actual state of a person being a tzaddik? The actual state of a person being a tzaddik means that his, what is his tendencies? What is his dispositions? What, is his, what does he gravitate towards? And a tzaddik doesn't have any tendencies or dispositions or gravitational forces to ra. Okay. Now the altar is... What? what did you say about the tzaddik about him being actual? I'm saying this is, his, this is what an actual tzaddik is. This is what a real tzaddik is. That's the madregas tzaddik. It's a story that once the, uh, a grandson of the, 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 the Chafetz Chaim came to 770 and the Chassidim were for bringing with him and the Chassidim told him that your grandfather, Chafetz Chaim, was a Benini. And he felt all offended. My grandfather was a Benini? My grandfather was a Tzaddik. Right? In the non-Chabad world, everybody's a Tzaddik. Right? Everybody's a big Tzaddik. Harav a Tzaddik, Harav a Tzaddik. So that people had to explain to him, when we say Habainini, <laughs> Habainini is, 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 is as, as Al-Tarev is going to say later, Halavai Bainini. To be a Bainini is, not a, is, is, is a very high level. To be a Tzaddik is a whole different category. You know, there were certain people, very, very few people, besides obviously the Rabbeim, that the Rebbe wrote on them, Harav Tzaddik. Very few people. To be a Tzaddik is on a whole different category. It's a whole different level. A Tzaddik is a whole different, a whole different uh, kettle of fish, so to speak. What? Who are some people that... Who are some people that he wrote on a Rav Tzaddik? I think he wrote on Rabbil Maparich. He called him a Rav Tzaddik. On uh, uh, Rabbi Zik, uh, I think maybe Rabbi Isaac Kamla, I'm not sure. There was a few people that he defined as a Rav Tzaddik. What about? Rabbi Shifayin was known as a... I don't think he called him the Rav Tzaddik. So now, now the Altareb is going to move on and discuss... We have a few more minutes left. The Altareb is going to start discussing... The, 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 the inner state of the human being, the psyche now of the human being. Till now he's discussed academically what the definitions of tzaddik and rasha are. Now he's going to discuss the inner psyche. He's going to take us on a trip to start discussing the personality of the Jew and what we're made up of. What, is our disposi- what are our dispositions? What tendencies do we have? And where do they come from? And from understanding that, we're going to be able to have an appreciation and understanding of why do I have a certain tendency or a certain inclination, a certain desire, and others don't, right? You know, we've spoken about personality types. When you understand personality type is not who you are, but it's, it's a way you operate. It's part of your software. When you can understand your software, so it helps you understand how you relate to yourself, to help, it helps you understand how to relate to other people. So the Rebbe begins, let's just begin right, for, let's, we have literally two, three minutes left, let's just at least read a little further. Achbir HaIngin says, Al-Tur Rebbe, to understand this, Al-Pi Mashakos Rav Chaim V'Tal, Zal V'Shar Kedushov, Pri Yitzchayim Shar Nun, Perak Beis. We'll understand all of this based on what Rav Chaim V'Tal writes. Rav Chaim V'Tal was the primary student of the Arizal. The Arizal never wrote anything. 
Reb Chaim Vital was given permission by the Arizal to write down the Arizal's sayings. So, like, what? was not to write things down. Yeah, the result didn't write anything down. There was a few students that wrote things down. The only student that really got real permission was Rabbi Chaim Yital. The other student that wrote things down it is questionable how, off, how authentic it is. And that's why you find in certain places how, how true it is. And therefore, in certain places, certain areas, we don't necessarily learn from other teachings of the Arizal because of the question of the, the accuracy. Why didn't anyway, I don't know. So he says like this. What is the Rabbi Chaim Yital? What? I don't know. So he says, He says, He says that every single person, every Jew is comprised of a dualistic state. Every Jew has two, two um, elements, that folk, two, two, two programs that run through it. Through it. He has the two neshamas, as he calls it. The neshamas and the as the Pasuk says, God says, I have created souls, in the plural. And then the Al-Tarebbe says, Shehein shtei the Atrebbe changes it from Neshamas to Nefashas. What's the difference between an Neshama and a Nefesh? A Neshama is a much more spiritual state. A Nefesh is the, more of the physical part of the soul, the way the soul interacts with the body. We're going to define now the Nefesh of Bahamas. The Nefesh of Bahamas is, not, is a spiritual entity, but it's the spiritual entity, but on a much more physical level. It's the way the body operates. It's the way the body works. It's the life force of the body. It allows the person to exist. Without a soul, the, bo- the body is not existing. The body is not, 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 that's not true. The body exists, but the body is not alive. It needs the soul in order for the body to be alive. That is, that is the nefesh. The nefesh is what allows the body to be alive. Now, the beginning is what the Al-Tab is going to discuss over here is the concept of the nefesh of Bahamas. And then in Perak Bays, he discusses the nefesh of kiss. I just want to say one more point and we'll finish off with this for today. We're not going to get into the continuation. The Al-Tareb is going to now move on to discuss the Nefesh Bahamas and describe the Nefesh Bahamas as having certain dispositions, certain triggers. Okay? There's four main triggers the al is going to discuss. There's the trigger that is associated with fire, which is a trigger that leads to anger and, and, and haughtiness and gaiva. There's a trigger which is associated with the level of of water, which refers to the trigger of pleasure-seeking, right? Like being, taking drugs, watching movies, things like that. There's a trigger that's based on ruach, which is a trigger that leads to a person just being constantly joking and laughing and t- not taking anything serious and like wasting time. A very, very, uh, like a, a person that just like is a carefree type of personality. And then you have a fourth trigger, which comes from similar to offer to earth, which is where a person has a disposition which leads to depression and laziness. These are the four main trigger systems Al Rebbe says about the person. Each one of them has an emotional outcome, right? So if you're triggered, you're offer, you'll be depressed or you'll be very lazy. Depression and laziness come together. As we'll discuss a little bit more, Mitzvah Hashem, how depression and laziness come together. The very simple example is, when you're depressed, you're not motivated in doing anything, right? So you're naturally, it seems like it's laziness. But laziness is, a, is also associated with this state. But that's what the Al-Tareb is going to explain. The Al-Tareb is going to move, is going to discuss these four types. We'll discuss them a little bit more in depth. But this is, this is going to be the, the dispositional state of the Nevesh Bahamas. In other words, that there are triggers in the Nefesh Bahamas. The Nefesh Bahamas has certain triggers. When you trigger those things, this is the emotional result. Anger, egocentric, just wanting to have pleasure, 
wanting to waste time, depression, laziness, all of those negative emotions and negative tendencies get triggered by one of these four triggers. And the, the trick, obviously, is to learn how to stay away from a trigger. When you stay away from the trigger, that enables you to veer, veer clear from that particular area so you don't get down the road of depression. You don't get down the, the, the road of wasting time. You don't get down the road of being angry. And when you do that, you're not allowing your Nefesh Bahamas to be in control. Rather, you're in control of it. Well, God willing, continue um, tomorrow.